everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Naked Mom podcast. I'm Brooke Burke Charvet, and I'm really excited about this project. I'm not really naked, so don't take that the wrong way. This is sort of a, 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 a continuation of the book that I wrote several years ago called The Naked Mom. So it's kind of an unvarnished look at health, fitness, relationships, sex, food, beauty, aging, spiritual wellness, parenting, all the stuff that we're all going through. And I'm really excited about sharing some of my real-life BFFs, some inspirational women who I think are going to surprise you. We're going to bring some men into the mix because sometimes we just need a little testosterone, (laughs) right? And, you know, we're going to figure it out as we go. I want to kind of share with you how I danced through the chaos of my own life, raising a blended family, which presents its boatload of challenges, not an easy situation there, and how I manage a career in Hollywood, which is super fun and a little bit crazy, and also staying married. I'm 11 years in now. Not married for 11, but David and I have been together for 11 years, so we could talk about that all day long. I'm also going to bring in some people um, that you may know, people that you may know in the industry or not, some people that really inspire me, and I I think they're going to surprise you. And these are people that are going to make you think. So we're going to cover everything from life, love, marriage, health and wellness, fitness, raising a family, surviving divorce, a blended family, maybe a little bit of sex. There's nothing really off limits, but... We're going to open up the conversation with a lot of really powerful people and try to learn something along the way. So I'm really happy that you're joining me. I'm excited about this podcast. Every week is going to dish out something different and uh, away we go. So we're going to be talking to a lot of women on this show. I love women. I also love men. So we're going to have some of them, but only if they really deserve it. So when you hear that I've got a male guest joining us, trust me, you want to you want to check out that podcast. We're going to be lining up lots of cool and relevant authors and entertainment people, chefs. I'm a total foodie. So I love to get down in my kitchen and, and that's going to be fun for me. Female entrepreneurs. I'm always fascinated by a strong business mind and some of my closest friends just to keep it real and give you a little peek inside my personal life. And every once in a while, some of my family members, my husband's threatening. I haven't quite Uh, won that one yet, but we'll make it happen. So today on the show, you're going to hear from Tracy McMillan. She's an amazing, badass, brave woman. I've been a fan for a really long time. She's a best-selling author of the books, Why You're Not Married Yet, and I Love You But I'm Leaving You Anyway, which is one of my personal favorites. She's also been a matchmaker on the show, Ready for Love, and she's had a long, successful career writing for dramas like Mad Men. And her latest book is actually her first novel called Multiple Listings. She's going to tell us all about that. And in the middle of all that, she's also raised a son. He's 20. She's She's an incredible lady, and her personal story is as impressive as her career. Here's my interview with Tracy McMillan. Tracy McMillan, I have so many things that I want to tell you about this fabulous, brave warrior, but let me just start by saying that I'm a little bit of an obsessed fan, which is the first time for me and a little weird, and she's sitting across from me right now wondering (laughs) if I'm a complete whack job. I borderline stalk her on Instagram. I I do, Tracy. I go onto your Instagram daily for inspiration. I repost. I think. I sit in it. I love what you do. She is uh, so insightful, and it's really your sense of humor Mm. that I love the most and the ability that you've had to just 
sit in really challenging times and laugh all the way. She's um, an amazing um, author who wrote Why You're Not Married Yet. So I want to talk about your Huffington Post article. I want to talk about your TED Talk. But I also want to get into your other novel, your other book, I Love You and I'm Leaving You Anyway, because I spent a lot of time in bed with your book during a very challenging time in my own marriage um, and really just fell in love with your point of view. So mm. welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Brooke. It's so nice to be here. I'm so, really I feel is. so lucky because I, I, one of the things that I have learned that is that if you ask and you aim high, oftentimes people will just show up in life. You were top of my list, my wish list. Mm. And so we kick off this podcast together. Thank you so, Aww, so, so much. And we you. could have done this over coffee. Yes. So um, instead, we're here in this studio in Los Angeles in the world. Hopefully, we'll be listening. Mm. So here we go. <laughs> Yay. So take me back a little bit in time because, you know, we read a lot of things in the internet when we do our research, and I'm dying to know mm. what, your, what your coming out moment really was. Mm, that's interesting. Well, oh gosh, I would have to say that it was when Why You're Not Married got published on the Huffington mm -hmm. Post. So that was sort of the sum total of years and years of thinking about relationships, talking about relationships. So to go back a little bit, I spent 16 years in television news. Um, and newsrooms are filled with people. And so after about seven or eight years in TV news, I was like, well, I sort of get, I was a writer and producer. I was like, I get the TV news thing. I got that. And I sort of realized like, oh, the real reason I'm here is to like talk to all these people and mm -hmm. light up my little corner of the world. Um, and so I would have all these conversations with women that I would work with about their relationships and, um, you know, kind of bringing to bear all the mistakes I'd made, all the things I'd been through. Because at that point, I was just, I had just uh, ended my third marriage, right, in 2000, whatever year that was, five and so, yes, it's like, wow, it's getting <laughs> That's to be how a we while survive. Ago. So, um, so I was like a person who had a lot of experience in relationships. I'd done a lot of reading about relationships, and I would have a lot of conversations about relationships. And uh, when I sat down to write Why You're Not Married, it kind of came out of this staged reading series that Jill Soloway, who's the executive producer and creator of Transparent, mm -hmm. she had said to me, she's sort of a mentor of mine, she had said, you should write something for Sit and Spin, this staged reading series. And I was like, well, what should I write? And she's like, well, write what only you can write. Mm. So I was like, huh, well, what can Isn't only— is it nice to have somebody say that? Oh. Don't write this, but write you. Yes. Like come from a deep place of knowledge and wisdom exactly. and struggle and growth. What a, that's probably some of the best life advice that anyone could have given She's you. She's given me so much great life advice. She was like, write what only you can write. So I thought, well, what can only I write? Mm. Like, well— I've been married and divorced three times. I could write about that. And of course, you know, also it was Jill who taught me to be really fearless about leaning into the things that you would want to hide, you know, but sort of going, okay, this is probably in some ways the most shameful thing about me. Mm -hmm. Why don't I write about that? And yeah. like, you know, put some sunlight on it. And you did that because your perspective was sort of, I'm in my second marriage, but it's mm -hmm. the stuff that you want to say. I, I kind of say what I think as well, mm -hmm. so I think that's one of the connections that we have. But you, I think you put into words what a lot of women are were thinking mm. and feeling but never speaking, just holding on and sort of rotting in it. Yeah. And you brought that to life. 
Yeah, I feel like there's a freedom in just saying the thing that you're afraid to say. And, in you know, I used to think, like, if I tell people what I really think or mm. if I say, I'll get in trouble somehow. Mm. That was like an old belief. Mm-hmm. Um, or somehow uh, I will have fewer opportunities. But instead what I learned is that the more you lean into who you really are, the bigger the world gets. And, and, wow. <laughs> yeah. And everyone who's not basically down with who you really are, they will go away. And that can be really difficult. There's a lot of loss with being an authentic person. Sure. But on the whole— Scarier to not be authentic, though. Exactly. Right? I mean, it's better than to lose yourself. Hard to get there, but— And the other thing is, is that people come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, life is is our cycles. So you can let people go, and then they can come back um, and meet you— at the new place, you know, Mm -hmm. that they might arrive at because Mm. you were authentic. You sort of set them free to become authentic themselves. Mm -hmm. And some people won't meet you there. They won't. That's probably better. Yeah. And you can love them from over here, you know. Okay, we're going all deep. Okay. It's okay. We got really deep yeah, and like all straight, but, but that's okay. Because <laughs> right. you, you brought me also to, after the Huffington Poster, mm-hmm. the first time that I saw you, mm-hmm. that I met you, I'm, I'm making quotations with my fingers because it was on television. I was laying in my bed and I was watching Super Soul Sunday mm. and I was like, who is this badass, opinionated, funny, <laughs> real, fabulous woman? Mm-hmm. And it was my first episode of Super Soul wow. Sunday. I was quickly addicted. Mm-hmm. You introduced me to that, but I just fell in love with your tone, your voice, your philosophy, your humor, and um, just thought that you had so much to share. By the way, not only for women who are not married yet, but for me as a woman in my second marriage because it's always a struggle, and we're always learning, and I'm only here to grow. So whatever that process is, good, bad, ugly, as long as I'm climbing a little higher, even I'm a little slow, (laughs) as long as I'm climbing upward, I'm just soaking it all in. Yes, me too. I feel that. You know, and it's funny because when I was sitting down with Oprah, they had to do a a change the battery or something. Mm -hmm. And she was so generous with me. Mm. She was like... She really was. Oh, wow. She was. She she said, you're doing great. She's like, not good. Because that had to be a little scary, oh, right? I mean, God. Oprah. <laughs> yeah. I did her show in Chicago when uh-huh. I was on Dancing with the Stars. And at the time, I didn't have big dreams of being a television host. And I didn't really know mm. where my career was going to take me. And I remember getting that booking and being like, oh, this is going to be really cool. But getting there and being in her presence. Yeah. And for most people who will never experience that, she made me want to be a talk yeah. show host because she really hugged you, really listened to you, yeah. really looked at you, you mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. really felt you and had a real conversation. Yeah. And I remember just real quick at the end of, of the taping of her of the Oprah show, most people are like out of there. They don't want to take pictures. They're on to the next thing. Da 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 da. She sat there in her mm. chair, taping over, and addressed the studio audience and said, "I just want to thank everyone for coming, for getting a pedicure. I'm never going to see your toes. For getting a manicure. I want wow. to thank the guy sitting next to you because you know he didn't want to be here. I want to thank the people who waited months and months to be here Amazing. without me. You know, without you being here, my show. I was just sat there and I went." Holy cow, a mm-hmm. real woman in television. Yeah. She has that presence. Yeah, she's next level. And at the end, she said to me, you know, you need to write a book for everybody. Mm. You need to write a book for everybody because this isn't just for single women. 
And um, so, in fact, I was saying to you before we sat down that I just handed in my most recent proposal. And in my little note to my agent, I said, you know, Oprah told me I have to write a book for everybody. And this is the book. And when Oprah tells you to do that, That's you right. kind of got to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you do but it. But <laughs> to credit her, to her point, I love you and I'm leaving you anyway. It was like mm-hmm. just for me. And I'm still in my marriage, by the way. Mm-hmm. But that it, that was for everybody. Like yeah. you are every woman speaking from a place of um, struggle and uh, taking advantage of the learning lessons. And, yeah. it, you know, just the process of being in it with eyes wide open. You yeah. know, sometimes we're in it. We don't know what the hell we're in. Right. Um, I'm just blown away by your whole journey. Yeah, it's been kind of amazing. And I feel like, you know, really not a day goes by that I don't pinch myself for mm. the amazing life that I have. Like, it's been such an incredible journey. And yet there's, I think, yeah, I, I mean, we're all every woman. We are all one. Mm-hmm. And I really do know that. Like, I've lived so many lives, even just growing up, living in all these homes, being a foster child. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized that there's a lot of um, differences between people, but the similarities are even more uh, important than the differences. Mm. Like, I was raised in a essentially fundamentalist Christian home for four and a half years. Um, and then I went from there into the home of my dad, who was mm-hmm. a lifetime criminal, and his girlfriend, and obviously they're a long way from, you know, Sunday services at Hope Lutheran. <laughs> but the truth is, is that all people have these certain things in common, and we're all, like, on this path. And um, Except some people don't learn along the way and are not given signs that they can recognize so that Mm -hmm. they can grow. Like when I think about your philosophy, which I want to talk about, I know we're all over the place Mm -hmm. because there's so much to talk about here. But when I think about your philosophy of marrying yourself Mm. and learning learning about self-love and how to self-soothe and because I know your history, because I read your memoir so deeply and attentively, you didn't learn that from your caretakers growing right. up. So when did that happen and mm. how did that happen? And you you maintained a sense of humor in, in, in the face of a bit of self-destruction mm-hmm. at times. Was it the 40s? Was it marriage number three? Like what's what yeah. happens? Where's the light bulb and the, uh, if Oprah would say, the aha moment right. of hi, like, hello, (laughs) hello me. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I feel like you turn around and and you see them in retrospect, but um, I sort of always was searching. I mean, I don't know, maybe it came naturally. Even in your marriages? Definitely in my marriages, even as a very young married woman. So I got married at 19. My first Mm -hmm. husband, I met him when I was 17. We stayed together until I was 22. Um, I feel like... In some ways, that was a great marriage. Did you think he was the one while you were in it? Because some of us get married, and we know he's not the one. Like, I married an amazing man, the father of my first two children. I didn't think he was the one. Yes. But I thought he was amazing. And he wasn't the one, you know? Well, I don't know even know about the idea of the one. I think I quickly understood, like, oh, it's not the one. It's this one, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, who is this person? And even more importantly, who am I? Mm -hmm. So for some people, it's like, I think it depends on sort of like what your path is. Some people, like me, for example, come here and I have a very complex, complicated, let's call it messy Mm -hmm. path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be true to that messy path. So what I was trying to do with my first marriage was live. So I have a childhood best friend, Katie. She lived one door down. She's from a really nice family. <laughs> she's from Minneapolis like me. <laughs> and she's in Minneapolis. And, you know, it's. But she had the family. Oh, and yeah. You didn't. Everything <laughs> is really stable. So what I was trying to do is live Katie's life. Because mm. I, I was like, see, that's how you're supposed to live. You're supposed to grow up, get married when you're 26 or maybe 22 and do it all, quote unquote, right. Mm. But what if your life is like mine and your dad's an, a drug dealer and he's in prison and you have like tons of complex, can I swear? Yeah. Tons of complex shit to work out. And well, you love your dad who is in prison. Yes. Deeply. Right. So you're trying to work all this stuff out. Well, for me to try Oof. to just marry one guy and have it work out for a lifetime, that's not going to happen. Because my the, the stuff I'm here to work out is like a disco ball's mm-hmm. worth of, of facets of my life journey. So it's more about figuring out who I am and then being true to that. Now, on the other hand, there are people who come here who are, and when I say come here, I mean to life, mm-hmm. who their life journey is simpler. It's not better. It's not worse. It's it's their journey. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the big thing we're all here to try to do is to figure out who what is are. my life journey? How do I become, how do I be true to that? Because to me, the pain starts when you, when you, um, diverge from mm. your own journey and you start trying to live something you saw on TV or that makes some other sense. journey, something, you know, you heard about the way you think it's sure. supposed to be. And that's not only painful for you, it's painful for your kids. Sure. It's painful in your relationships. It, and I it think a lot of young area. women, young people, mm-hmm. what's normal to them, yeah. they might not know that their journey was a pretty messed up. Yeah. Until so, later. Until later, or were all the attempts and all the band-aids and all the efforts to try to fix mm-hmm. it through marriage or through whatever mm-hmm. it is that soothes us, they don't know what they're in until, until they, they get teenagers. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah boy, and then the teenager that. says, oh, <laughs> you wanted to know what your stuff was? Th- that's Here a it whole, is. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast coming up in a few weeks because I have a lot yeah. to say about raising teenage girls. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's amazing. So... What I, you had moments along the way, but when did you realize the importance? Because I think this is so profound of marrying yourself and yeah. being comfortable and finding amazing company within yourself right. and being whole and knowing how to fulfill yourself and be happy. Right. Well, that definitely came after my Oof. third divorce. So, as I attempted to do this thing again. And then it fell apart. And there was really like a moment when I was sitting in, so we lived downtown in Los Angeles in a loft and it was really cool. Um, And I'm sitting in the loft by myself. The boxes are all stacked up around me and the movers are coming. And I'm sitting there going, oh, wow, I'm 41 years old. Mm. I am here for the third time. Okay, Ouch. it's a moment. We're in a moment. What's wrong with me? Yes. <laughs> Here I am again. Here you are. Why am I not learning? <laughs> yes. 
And um, oh, and so that was the moment. And I had given up my washer and dryer to move in with this man. You know, I Can had. Can I my, ask you a question? Yes, were yes. you sober at the time? Yes, yes. And you were sober. Yes, I remember your yes. journey through that. Okay, that's right. So here I am. Yes, okay, in my I right am. mind again. Like, supposedly, and f me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what? This is an important. You make an important point because you can be on your journey, fully in your journey, and still making mistakes. Well, and I that's think most okay. people are not fully awake and they're walking around clueless, clueless, looking outward rather than inward. What's wrong with my marriage? What's wrong with you? For sure. Why did this fail? What right. do you, what does everybody else it, why do you think people are going outward instead of inward? It's a hard thing to it do, is. by the way. It's way painful. harder. Very painful to sit in your own stuff and to be still with yourself. Yes. Well, I think the biggest reason is because when you start to look within, if you don't have a lot of ability to love yourself and be super kind and gentle to yourself mm. about what you're about when you make a mistake or when you spill the milk or crash the car or, you know, I'm speaking metaphorically. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a lot of self-love, you're not going to be able to look deeply at that stuff. You're going to have to be so gentle with yourself. Like, I have an inner voice that I had to develop that is basically like, it's okay. Okay, so you're in the apartment. The box says it's the third time. What the hell's wrong with me? And I'm like, okay, it's time. It's really time to let go. Obviously, my whole life strategy has led me here. And... um. Just mm. seeing that I knew something needed to change. Did you say to yourself, maybe I just completely suck at marriage? Maybe I am just not yeah. good at because that's where people go, right? Maybe right. this is just, you know, we 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 self-sabotage, mm-hmm. right? Well, I did know because I'd been introduced to some ideas. I did know, oh, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. I believe that I'm supposed to be abandoned over and over. And I see why I believe that, because that was my early childhood experience. But how do I now go about shifting that? That is my work. It is not about finding another person who's going to be different. It's about me being different. And as I change my mind about what is going on in life, life begins to change. I had seen that in other areas, but I just hadn't applied it to the relationship area yet. And you guys... I am still working on this area. I was in couples therapy this morning. I've been in a relationship for um, three and a half years. Oh. And it's not easy. Oh, God. It but is aren't not we in easy. relationships to continue our own work? Yes, like, don't we, we are. choose people yes, that we make are. us work the hardest? So that's what it is. That's amazing. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm going on 11 years and I'm just wow. now figuring out that I chose the person that's going to. Um, just conjure up like my right. darkest boxes, that's and the right. reason I chose him mm-hmm. so I can deal with all my shit that's that right. I have. And if I can't do it now in my forties, yeah, what, my my fifties are going to be really hard. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do think like that's the thing about aging; it gets more wonderful. I'm fifty two, <laughs> and it's like, oh, I mean, first of all, I'm more free, and my life is so good. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like that's because it's almost like a, I think of it like um credit cards it's like you pay as you go or you have you get these big surprises and mm. you have to declare sort of bankruptcy you know I, I love that analogy so, I say it a lot you know I teach a fitness class in Malibu and it's very much fitness philosophy and one of the things that I always mm. say and I'm stealing someone else's writer because I heard this from a brilliant woman named Angela who teaches at Soul Cycle but she said you have to invest in yourself you have mm. to make a deposit Every single day in wow. some way it has nothing to do with fitness. Right. So that when you need to withdraw, yeah. you are just bank account full. There's something there. You have to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when I was 
when I was really listening to this concept of marrying yourself, mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about compassion. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about inner dialogue as women, men yes. too, but how important that is because our body is listening to every that's right. messed up thing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to say the word. Every yeah. messed up thing we're thinking. It's mm -hmm. so powerful. And I wanted to ask you how... To just simplify for our listeners, mm -hmm. how does one learn how to change the frequency mm -hmm. from discouragement or from despair to hope? Because mm -hmm. when I read your quotes, mm -hmm. and you're such an inspiration, you're so positive, mm -hmm. and even through your journey, mm -hmm. like... I, I think you kind of knew that you were going to write your own story, Maybe. which most people don't. And I don't mean like your memoir. I mean, yeah. like we write our own story mm -hmm. in life if we choose. How does one change that frequency? I know it's yeah. a choice, but it's really hard That's, for a lot of people. It is. Like I mean, We could sit here and go, well, you just do. So you just decide to right. do it. But well, I use a lot of visuals. So it's like for me, I look at life and sometimes um, – it's like it's two buttons. Sometimes I'll imagine like being on a game show, um, you know, and there's a yes button and a no button. Mm. And you can either push the yes button where you, or you can push the no button. And either way, you're going to you're going to get whatever you choose. Like you will get what you choose in this life. Now, the hard part or the interesting part is mm. to reverse engineer that whatever you have. That's what you've been choosing. That's the content of your mind. Right. People need to get really real and get really oh, responsible so for hard. their own stuff because yes. you and I could sit there and go, it's yes. really simple. Push the yeah, I'm, I'm pushing the yes, yes button. Yes, me too. <laughs> it's really life mm -hmm. is not that complicated. We make it mm -hmm. really dramatic. You know, we roll through our hormones. We become, yeah. We're kind of lost and maybe not awake in our 20s and we go through our reproductive years and yeah. then we get married or maybe we get divorced. We're trying to be a wife or figure out who we are, yeah. who we're not. And now I feel like 40s mm -hmm. and on up, we're kind of settling into, mm -hmm. at least I am, this is me. Oh, I didn't know this was me. I wasn't really right. prepared for that. I kind of, God, where was she? Right. <laughs> where was she? And then what about her? And what about little me? And, you yeah. know, all this stuff that, you know, it's like textbook therapy, but it's kind of simple, yeah. right? And like you're you're integrating all these aspects of self. And I feel like that does really start to happen around 40. Yeah. And I think it continues. And I feel like, oh, 60, oh, that's going to be awesome. If you do your work, the older you get, the better it gets. You yeah. know, if you're not in the bank account, putting things in the bank account, you end up, yeah. you know. So, so, but, so true. Um, I know it's so interesting a woman's life. I feel like what I'm getting so I'm I newly have an empty nest. Mm. My kid's away at college. Uh, He's a sophomore. So scary. I know. I know. <laughs> scary. I'm but it's, even... it's also awesome. What I feel like it is is it's 29 without the anxiety. So when I was 29, oh. I was <laughs> I'm like, like I just sat up in my chair. I'm yeah, like, oh, tell that me sounds more. That's pretty good. I know. I'm like, well, so 29 for me was like, am I going to get a baby? Am I going to get yeah. a career? Is anyone going to marry me? Even though I'd yeah. already been married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. Like, if, what's going to happen? Am I going to get a house? What's going to happen? A lot oh. of anxiety. <sighs> and now I have all the same amount of time on my hands that I had when I was 29. And it all happened. I know what happened. The story in some ways has been written. Like, I had the baby. 
the marriage has happened. You know what I mean? Uh, I have the house. Like, it worked out. Well, but hang on. Back up a little mm-hmm. bit because now you're in your, your empty nest and mm-hmm. it's all good. But I know that you and your son were two peas in a pod. Yes. So it was you and him against the world. Yes. People came. People left. Yes. But, like, the end-all, be-all, you guys were a package yes, deal. Yes, it's true. And his dad. <sighs> I have a great, great relationship with his dad. He lives five minutes away. We're super-duper close. He's like my brother. Like, if I wanted to be super-duper radical, I'd say something like, not every woman is going to be get married and have a baby with the same person she stays married to the whole time. And my my son's father is such a good person. And frankly, I wasn't ready for that. I, w- I wasn't ready for that yet. That that wasn't my truth about me. Mm. And there was a While bit of self-sabotage, right? Yeah. I mean, you were used to things falling apart. I want to yeah. read like one quick little thing because okay. as I started reading I Love You and I'm Leaving You Anyway, mm-hmm. you had me at like the dedication. Oh, okay. and Which is like two sentences, guys. <laughs> this is so amazing. Uh, it's, it's like, let me just read this. I love this part. Everything works out in the end. And if it hasn't worked out yet, then it's not the end. But this is... What I love, love, love about you. You dedicated this book, it says, Mm -hmm. for my dad, who never let me go, Mm -hmm. and my fourth husband, wherever you are. (laughs) So when I read that, for me, I was like, here is a woman who has loved her dad through the darkness, Mm -hmm. because you could have been Mm -hmm. downright pissed, and there were moments of that, Mm -hmm. and angry and bitter. And you could have, this, this, you could have written a completely different story. And here's a woman who has hope, yeah. who, like, knows that this extraordinary human being, I don't even know what the one means anymore, right. but this extraordinary human being is out there. So wherever you are, yeah. come on. And he's going to be a regular person uh, with a ton of flaws, just so we're clear, you know. I hope so. Yes. Because then you're going to grow a little bit more. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's really just, I mean, to fit. I realized I didn't finish the, that one thought. It's like a woman's life is just a lot about stages, you know? Mm. It's like there's the stage when you're early in your career. There's the stage when you have a baby. There's a stage when you have young children. There's a stage with older children. There's an empty nest stage. And I feel like if somebody told us this, like you just have to do the thing that happens in that stage, mm-hmm. in that stage, and have faith that the other stages are going to happen. Yeah, hard like, to do. That faith thing is... So really powerful hard. and peaceful. And I think if someone told us, we wouldn't have believed them. Yeah. And I think if I told my three daughters that, they wouldn't believe me. And my goal as a woman and my goal as a mother is to find that fine line of what's too far away and what's yes. too close and how can I guide them. But mm-hmm. again, it's just my point of view. Right. They are who they are. And how can I just let them roll through it? And that's the good and the bad yeah. because I think – most of us, myself included, not anymore. This is my my life lesson now. Don't sit in the tough times yeah. and really understand the challenges of life, love, romance, mm-hmm. motherhood. We're just kind of marching, climbing, grinding, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, personalities like ours mm-hmm. and a lot of the women in our lives. And there's something to be said about just kind of being still yeah, and digging deep as a woman. Right. And being vulnerable and willing and scared shitless to just be in it. Well, that's what I was going to say about why I feel like most people don't do this work. Because the minute you stop, what you experience is this tremendous grief. Mm. And you Mm. know, like I write about it all the time. Warning. Warning that... 
part of That's you. That's right. That, yeah, totally. I mean, whatever it is that has happened, whether it was a childhood losses, things that didn't happen, you know, there's so much grief in life. And if you really sit and feel and you don't do that thing where you're like a machine, mm-hmm. you're going to have. But of course, you can't feel the great joy unless you That's experience right. the great grief. That's right. And they're both part of every day. And the longer we live the more real it becomes. Totally. And human nature is really good at helping us just ignore and disconnect and not Mm -hmm. deal with stuff. So if you and I had met in our 20s, God, this conversation would be so different. And I'm (laughs) fascinated by you and women in their 40s on up and 50s and throughout the rest of their journey because there's an element of experience and wisdom. Yeah. And when we think we figured it out, we keep learning and we have a different... Mm -hmm point of view, you know? Well, we don't have um, ways to come together. Like sometimes I think I really should have been like in a peasant society where the women are all in the kitchen or I mean, not because because we're in the kitchen because the kitchen is where we belong. It's more like, I mean, we can be in the backyard. I don't care where we are. We can be at the beach, but we need to be. Stop judging everybody. We don't mean in the kitchen. We mean the she tribe, wherever that is. Wherever it is. Okay. (laughs) It's like in the living room and we're sharing with each other because that's where I feel the most safe, the most connected, Mm -hmm. that's when I'm in touch with like Mm -hmm. that bigger thing is when I'm connecting with other women. And we learn from one another. That's Mm -hmm. why I wanted to do this podcast because these podcasts are a bit weird. You know, why would somebody want to spend an hour with me? We were just talking about this. Is it me? Is it you? Is it my Mm -hmm. guests? Is it the voice? Is it that they're bored? Do they want company? What really is it? And I, I, I want to get really down deep and into the nitty gritty of some real life Mm -hmm. situations that are vulnerable and insightful like when I hear you speak I take it in and it inspires me or makes me think or makes me grow or makes me want to process that thought Mm -hmm. and go hmm you know and that's just what I think we have an obligation as women to share that and offer that to other women I think it's like sisters I don't have sisters I did it in one of my foster homes but it's like we all need sisters aunts Mothers, grandmothers, like there's all this wisdom that we don't get to share because there's no, we don't have those kinds of structures. Yeah. You know, everybody moves away from their home. That's right. It's not a very American thing, Mm -hmm. really. You know, in other tribes and other places in the world, there's, there's a bond there that's um, so valuable and the stories and the stories that they tell and how they encourage and kind of save each other, you know? And I feel like we're encouraged to sort of perform a little bit and pretend that we're mm-hmm. okay and to look like we have it all together mm-hmm. and social media doesn't help oh that my at gosh, all. What a weird time we're living in yeah. right now with this perception yes. of how people see us, who we are, how are we portraying ourselves? What do we even yes. look like? I mean, between our filters and retouching. Yeah. And, uh, the, you can go on vacation and take this beautiful photo. It doesn't even look like where you yeah. are. <laughs> Life is a picture and it's a moment and it's often a recreated moment. But there's also something amazing about this 360, 24-7 conversation where yeah. we can connect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't know you. Mm-hmm. Oh. If no. I, I mean, Tracy walked in today. I'm like, hi, we've never met. I was so <laughs> excited, but I was like, I put my arms around her. I feel like I, I know you because yeah. I get a peek inside your life in, in mm-hmm. such an intimate and not intimate way. It's mm-hmm. such a weird, it's such a weird time. It's like generation tech. I love right. it and I hate it right. and I appreciate it. And it drives a lot of great things. And then you got to kind of put it into perspective. Yeah. It's hard to keep in perspective sometimes. And I have a whole thing. Like I don't do a lot of my life life. Not a lot of it. Some, but Mm -hmm. not a lot. 
I probably should do more. Well, I'm dying to know where you met this new man of three and a half oh. years because <laughs> no, because because you you, you kind of wrap it all up in your in your journey and what you've mm-hmm. learned and you've given so much so many women so much hope and inspiration and and guidance, mm-hmm. right? And then there's also, you know, the controversy of the people who are like, well, she's yeah. been married three times. Exactly. Am I really going to take her advice? Yeah. You know what I mean? Not knowing that it's just a process. Yeah. It's not like you come from a place of, I know everything and do what I It's just a, it's just a yeah. shared experience. So, exactly. So where'd you meet him? So we yeah. met, um, we met, God, a number of years ago. He had, was sitting with a client. He's a real estate person, and I am obsessed with real estate. And I said to him, are you guys talking about real estate? It was at a coffee place. And um, we started chatting, and then he got up and left. It was like a five-minute conversation. He left, and I thought to myself, that was interesting. Mm. Cut to three years later, I'm at the grocery store. In an, well, you have a kind good of, memory. You remember the guy that talked to you? No, I didn't at first, but he remembered me. <laughs> so I walk into the grocery store. I see this person see me. I go, I'm, get, I'm there for one thing, half and half. Okay. I get my half and half. I turn. He's standing there. He's like, do you remember me? And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, my God, wait, yes, I do. Now, it did helps you really? that he's super. No, I did. That's did. always a heart opening line where you're like, um, no, normally, but yes. <laughs> normally, I would not. But I I'd had this experience, and then basically we've been together ever since. But does it the is, real estate part of this have anything to do with the title multiple listings? Uh, Are we going somewhere not really different? Okay. Well, I'm obsessed with real estate, and I love because I always wanted a home. So even as a little girl, I would like pour through the real estate listings. Like I kind of sometimes think I'm going to get a real estate license and just start doing real estate because I love it so much. And but on, in addition to all the other things, yeah, like do. I need another lane. I don't. So but, you find him again, and then what, yes. what's the process? Because you, you've well, dissected all the things that don't yes, work, right? Exactly. So let's talk about That's the things right. that Thank work. Thank you. That's right? a great question. Let's Be- talk about what works moving forward in love. Here's the number one thing. It has to be right for me. Yeah. When I say for me, I mean, it's not, It's it means he's not my friend Katie's man. He's mm-hmm. the right man for me. Mm-hmm. So I've learned things about me in my journey. One of the things about me is, so I, I, again, let's go to a real estate metaphor. Like some people are like, New York, why would you live in New York? It's so dirty and noisy. And like you have, to have a little tiny apartment. Look what you could get in the Cincinnati suburbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. But I, I know <laughs> I'm more of a New York person than a Cincinnati suburbs person. So I think a woman has to make choices around what kind of person and relationship is right for her. I like a lot of stimulation. I don't mind a high amount of like intensity, for lack of a better word, if it's giving me what I need, right? Mm. Some people, and everybody's different. It's just that you just have to know who you are and what's right for you. How do you clearly define what you needed at that time? Because I know you married yourself. I know you were whole. That's right. I know you had dissected Mm -hmm. all the things Mm -hmm. that went stray. So were you... I guess I, I, I'm I'm struggling with how to ask. You know where I'm going with this. Well, I think I do, but I, I'm yeah. trying to figure out the possibilities of someone coming along when a woman least expects it, who's mm-hmm. whole and hasn't maybe defined that, but she's open. Right to the woman sometimes who's so set in her ways about what she oh, needs yeah. that. It's so compartmentalized mm-hmm. that no one's ever going to come in and be what Thank she you. needs. So, 
I get what you're saying. So here's where, here's what, that's where I invite some kind of a higher power in. So you're like, well, universe, God, Allah, whatever is your higher power. Well, universe, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But will you please show me and make it big because I can, I can be a dum-dum. And get specific. <laughs> yeah. Show me signs that I can recognize. Yes. That's where faith comes That's in, people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, make it obvious. And Love so that. there were certain things. I had tended to date younger men, right? There was like... I was I was becoming that guy where they were getting well, five fun. years, seven <laughs> years. And easy. Actually, and then it got it was easy until it was hard. And yeah. then I realized, no, 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 I need a peer. I need somebody who's my same age. Now it wasn't like I went looking for someone who's my mm-hmm. same age. It goes like this for me. It's like, well, I think I might need someone my own age. But universe, you tell me. Mm. So then, so I don't go out there with a list of things that I'm looking for. That's what I wanted to get clear yes, because I I'm think a lot of women boxes. do where they think yes, I've got I don't to check like all that these idea. boxes Mm-mm. and then it's sort of like you just narrowed down the possibilities big time. Yes. And I don't feel like, I think we have to be like, um, have an attitude of humility toward life. Like, mm. okay, life, you show me and then I'll choose from what comes Ooh, rather than being beautiful. in a sort of more ego-driven place where you're like, well, I'm going to tell life what's about to happen right here. It's like that's like the sort of narcissistic, sort of sassy real housewife way of mm-hmm. going about life mm-hmm. where everything's going to conform to my, you know, I've got my hand on my hip, I'm wagging my finger, and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell life what's happen- about to happen, what's about to go down. It's like that's not – a recipe for a happy life. I think a recipe for a happy life is where you say, okay, life, I'm here. I'm here. Like, use me. Mm. Show me where you want. Because ultimately, a relationship is about service. It doesn't mean that you're here to, like, wash dishes and do the laundry. It means that you're here to learn how to love more and better and Mm. how to bring love. Because whatever it is that I'm in a relationship to get, and this is what I learned from my young lady, you know, younger relationships is that I was always there to get something. Mm-hmm. I wanted security. I wanted a house. I wanted this. I wanted a baby. I wanted a picket fence. I wanted all this stuff. And I had, if somebody had said, well, what are you going to give? I would have been like, Ooh. um, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> you know, that was not even in my consciousness. That's huge. 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 So it's like, where does the higher power of Tracy want me to um, practice loving for a day, for one day. Which is a really good place to start because I think when, if people can look at where their failures, I hate that word, yeah. but where things went wrong, mm-hmm. how could they have, how could they have loved a little bit more in that moment, whether it's themselves Absolutely. or someone else? And where are the learning lessons, the personal learning lessons, mm-hmm. not how could he have been better, exactly. what could have been different, or how could, they, what did, what could, there's some there's some ounce of truth mm-hmm. to every challenging situation. Yes. So I'm trying. It's like you said, it's so well said. I'm trying in all of those struggles and all of those moments to look at myself. Right. Even though I'm divinely stubborn, it's not easy. It's my, my lesson this year. And find my moments mm-hmm. I of think, how I can yes. grow and be better or be different or be more loving. And, or, like, what am I supposed to be confronting in this moment? And it's not easy. The, yeah. I, I, the answers don't just pop up. It's no. Not like, it's, this is not, like, it doesn't just come right to you. Right. <laughs> this is, like, so. Well, a lot oh. of times it'll be the thing that you most don't want to have to learn. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is any different. As this is true of jobs, kids, partners, besties, you know, um, life situations sure. where— So I feel like the way to live a free life 
is to um, move through the world, see what comes up in your mm-hmm. relationship. What are your children? So whatever struggles your children are having, and those are just opportunities for me to go, okay, wait, what's happening in me right now? Not what's happening with this kid. I mean, mm-hmm. that's part of it. You want to attune to your child, of course. But I feel like the thing that gets in the way of attuning to the partner or attuning to the child is... Um, What's triggering me? Why exactly. is that triggering Yes. Me? Which is a really hard question to find answers yes. to. So important. And that's where the learning lessons yes. come up. And right? as I do that, suddenly now I'm able to love more and better. Do you feel like this relationship is helping you grow even more and do further work? For sure. Like, in fact, a person's never done. You know, we're never done. So it wasn't like I, I was whole um, for that day. You know, I'm whole for today, right? But then tomorrow, I'm going to unfold a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, I'm going to unfold a little Mm -hmm. bit more. So um, it's not like, oh, I learned that already. Because a lot of times, a lesson comes around again. A good example would be this. Like you were reading the um, the, uh, forward to my book. And when I wrote that book, I truly was like, oh, I am completely... Um, resolved in my relationship oh, with my dad. It's so resolved. Everything's resolved. Isn't it's it totally what resolved. We, thought we knew back then. I read. I go back to the Naked Mom, and I go, "Oh my gosh! I really thought that I actually published that. Can we just take that book off the shelf? Yeah. Or did I really believe that? Like Was last I buying week? That shit? Right. <laughs> I believed that last week. You know. So what I did was I had a whole. Um, you were doing good, though. <laughs> yes. Well, so we had a big kind of like a real rough patch last summer in my relationship. And I was like, you know, I if I know that this isn't about him, it's about what I believe, maybe it's time to go look at some of those relationships a little deeper. Mm. So one of the things that I did is I— Damn, you're brave, Tracy. Oh, my God. You're so brave. Can I tell you what I did? Uh. I am brave. I will say that. That used to make me cry. When I would realize how brave I am. I was brave because I got put into the world by myself at three months of age. I know, and I, I had to go do it. And it, it did make me brave. But um, I'm also super fragile in a way. But Which so, is what's so beautiful about you, to be that brave and yet oh my God. meet it with a vulnerability and an honesty, right? So that's yeah. the balance. You could be a baller, brave warrior. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. be a badass and be a bit of a bitch, right, really. Right, right. Which is how women are perceived sometimes yes. when they're strong and powerful mm-hmm. and independent. But you're so raw and vulnerable yeah. and real. Well, I feel like that's our gift. Like, the gift is to be able Such to stay vulnerable. Balance. That's what brings out the beauty in yeah. all the relationships is, like, being willing to stay soft like that. So you tapped into that challenging time. Yes, tapped in. So I did two things. Number one, I had a... um layover in the town that my uh, dad's girlfriend, who ended up raising me, she's kind of a stepmother, um, I had a layover in her town. And so I I hadn't seen her in many, many years. And I was like, we'd had some emails around the mm-hmm. time that the book was published. And I said, hey, I'm going to be in a layover in your town. Do you want to meet me at the airport? And so we had a one or two hour meeting on a layover in, in the baggage claim. And it was a really powerful and profound meeting. Mm. And it really did. I don't even know exactly what it did. It wasn't like a direct line to helping me with the the things that were going on in my relationship. But, you know, it did put Humpty Dumpty just a little bit more back together for me. Like, I knew when we parted ways that, I mean, without being morbid, like, I can die. Mm-hmm. And that has been resolved. Mm. 
And she said, I did the best I could. And I said, it's okay. Just being able to do that and then hug at the end and go, okay. And how about the beauty of hearing that, knowing that somebody cared enough, their capacity may not have been great right. and may not have been enough for you at that time, but yes. knowing they did. And for that to be enough for you. And here I am. Like, so it's enough, right? Oof. It's easy to say oh. it's okay because it, here I am. I'm okay. That's what I yeah. said. You know, I said to her, don't feel bad. I mean, look at my oh. life. It's amazing. So that went so well is that I decided like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take my dad to Paris. Okay. So my dad, because <laughs> I love it. That went so well. I'm going to uh, Paris. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> my dad, who's 81, he's a black man. He's born in the depression. He's never been out of the country. He only just got off parole after basically 40 years. He's never been able to leave. Fabulous. Never had a passport. I was like, I'm getting Did you a passport. Did he want to go to Paris? Well, he's like, I'll go wherever. I'll go wherever. And I'm like, well, everyone should see the Eiffel Tower before they die, you know. Mm. So I'm like, so then I made my kid come, who was 19, and so the three of us. Okay, well, it was a nightmare, you know what I mean? But it was also awesome, and that was my attempt. Basically, this is all a way of saying when the trouble started in the relationship, I looked within. Mm-hmm. I looked within. I looked at my mother relationship. I looked at my father relationship. And um, and so I feel like that's the work is always to turn within and go, what do I need to resolve from yeah. the past? All in order the struggle to, yeah, usually has nothing to do with any anyone else, but it has everything to do with ourselves. That You've done yes. the work. Woo. We're still doing the work. Yes. So that would be an example of like, that's what it means to do the work. It means turning within. That's amazing. You know what I was thinking? Um, I want to bring up my real life BFF, Mal Anderson, because she, um, like you, is one of those women who had a real life and a Mm -hmm. lot of struggles and a lot of trauma. And this woman has done the work. And she's such a warrior inspiration. She's feminine. She's, She's a lot like you are. But she at 48 years old, met the love of her life. Mm. So since we're kind of trying to keep this real in that, you know, there's hope, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, it's, it's all up to us how we approach yeah. life and change and love. And I, 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 I always look to her for advice mm-hmm. and she gives it to me good too. Let me tell you, some of our conversations mm-hmm. are really happy ones, but she's a woman's woman. And she's the kind of woman that, like, raises the average of other other mm. women. Should we give her a call? Yeah, let's call her. Because I'd love to get her take <laughs> on that. And we're kind of throwing her a surprise ball because she's not going to think we're calling to talk about love. But That's so funny. what? Mal can handle it. All right. Let's, let's give her a call. Hi, it's Brooke. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Oh, oh my good. I was just saying it. I, I don't know if this is meant to be. We've tried to reach you so many times, but I'm glad we've got you. Guess oh who, my gosh! <laughs> guess who I am sitting across from right now? The one and only. I, I am so jealous because you know we've had this like love affair with all of us going I know. on, and I can't believe you got to meet her first. I know. How are you? Tracy McMillan, Mal, and I have been like cyberly stalking you for a very long time. Um, she's more fabulous in person than you could ever imagine. We've been talking for an hour and we're just getting warmed up and it's time Mm -hmm. to go home now. And we could have continued this all night long. (laughs) 
I had a feeling. I figured I know what's going on. Those two are just on a roll and they can't stop because Mm -hmm. it's so good. (laughs) Well, you know what we were just talking about? Just inspirational women and women who raise the average of other women and warriors and women who have really dug deep and who have done the life work. And we were talked about a lot of stuff, but kind of talking about the 40s and 50s and who we are today and how we got (laughs) here and the life lessons and the continuous work that we need to keep doing. And I'm like, you know what? We need to call Mal because I can't think of a woman (laughs) who has done the work and arrived in a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to, it's your story to tell, but I was starting to tell her how you fell in love and it's so inspiring and met a wonderful man later in life and you're in this beautiful place right now and I just wanted you to share it for sake of of the fairy tale and it's not the fairy tale but it's the happy the happy ending that's possible you know Mm -hmm. well you know it's funny the word fairy tale I I know I I caught myself because you know we we, we're we're, we're groomed to think that and we know that that's bs I I know well I grew up with Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella like we all did And I literally hit the wall at 30, 35, when I'd gone through a really tough uh, relationship where I had to uh, leave a marriage. And I remember I was writing music, and the first song I wrote was Sleeping Beauty Should Have Stayed in a Coma. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you publish that, Maul? That's funny. (laughs) By the way, Tracy, Maul raised a son as well. An amazing gentleman. His name is Michael. And Aww. oh my gosh, Mal, that's great. You're going to have to share that one with me. You've been holding that one back. Uh, there, well, you know, it's like it's stolen moments, especially, yeah. you know, when we live far away, but we work so hard, you know, to to get together and, and, and show up for each other, which has been, mm-hmm. I think, something really amazing that we've we've gone through in the last year and a half. I mean, especially from the first time that, that you and I got together and the showing up part is so important. And mm-hmm. it's been the most gracious uh, relationship that, that God has put into my life. Mine I mean, too. especially when you get Aww. girlfriends who, who are in different places like we are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's so special. Tracy and I were talking about the power of the tribe and, Mm -hmm. you know, in other places in the world and other generations, it was invaluable. And, you know, we do have this special language, Mm -hmm. the silent language that women speak. And I love and value men on so many levels as well. But there's something about growing up and Mm -hmm. sharing our stories and learning from one another and being brutally honest and vulnerable. I was joking around. I told Tracy some of our calls aren't necessarily happy and positive because you keep it real. Uh-huh. Right. And, and I love that about Molly. Even mm-hmm. sometimes she's like, are you mad at me? I'm like, no, I'm not mad at you. I can take it. And by the way, I want it mm-hmm. because there are very few people in your life that I think will shake you and push you and to help you deconstruct yes. yourself enough to see what's really going on. And you've been that friend for me, Mal, truly. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And you know, it's funny because sometimes beautiful. I'll say to Brooke, I'll, I'll say, you know, Maybe I should stop right now. And I'm like, no, give it to me. I don't. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and she's always like, no, 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 yeah. this is great. Because I, I want love the your truth. honesty and yes. I can count on that from you. And and that's yeah. so rare to have someone who wants that and vice versa. You it's know what true. I mean? It's just to know that we've all got each other's back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we all grow. Like, I think one of the things about why uh, why you're not married went viral is because it sort of was doing that function in people's lives. Because... The truth is, is like we ask these sorts of questions about our lives and everybody around us knows what's going on with us. Absolutely. You know I mean? <laughs> right. They just, they just 
won't a, tell you. When you get a divorce and your friends are like, oh, thank God. You're like, yes. really, where were you yeah. when I was in it? What do you mean, right. thank God, finally? Yeah. Are you my friend? Right. And they're like, well, I you know, didn't want to know. How about when you're ready to walk down the aisle and nobody says anything mm-hmm. because they don't want to upset the apple cart? And I'm thinking, I'm just wishing somebody had stopped me. Right. You know? I think being politically correct is really wrong and boring. It takes a lot of... um like faith and to be that real with somebody, but that's an agreement between two people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's all, I always think of it like we're all walking around like with a sign on the back of our heads. Like everybody else can read it. They all know what's going on with us, but very few people mm-hmm. are loving enough, trusting enough to be able to tell you. And not a lot of people want to hear it. It's true. What about, Tracy, will you talk to well, us and to everybody listening about the importance and the value of just really getting truthful with yourself. Oh, I feel like that's what it is. It's like, if I can't be honest with myself, nobody is going to be honest with me. Um, You know, I used to be there though. How do you, for the people, I think it's about a willingness. I feel like it's this simple. You just, you make an affirmation uh, as you get in the car or you wake up or whenever in your day that you remember to think this and you're like, you know what? I'm willing to know the truth. Boom. That's it. I'm willing mm. to know the truth. And you just say that every time you come up to a question, yeah. you know, like any sort of question that it, like, should I That's be in hard. this relationship? Oof. It's like, I'm willing to know the truth. And then I just affirm that. And then the truth always comes and finds me, you know, mm. it's sort of <laughs> surrendering to, you know, to faith and, yeah. and, to the, our and the truth isn't right. always easy. Oh, in you fact, know? it's, I mean, it'll and set you free, but it'll kick your ass first. Yeah. <laughs> I think it we've will, all had our asses kicked enough. But we have to be willing to, to let our asses be kicked. So That's be, right. You know? Well, it's funny. I used to be oh, really wow. into the I Ching when I was younger, you know, when I was really into the tarot. and astro- But anyway, the I Ching is super cool. And there's this one. It's called 51 Shock. And what the idea is that you get as much shock as you are off your path. So mm. like the universe wow. gives you exactly what you mm. need, not a bit more, not a not a bit less to get back on your path. So mm. if you have like a big giant like shocking thing like some like a big relationship <laughs> humiliation or whatever, it's because that's how far off your path you were. And that's one way Ooh, to look oh, at wow. it. That's I mean, good. it's not saying it's it's not about blame, it's about saying I actually get to create my life to this huge degree, to whatever willing I'm, you know, whatever degree I'm willing to be in the truth and know the truth, I can sort of stay current, you Mm -hmm. know, and then, you know, I can move forward in faith and confidence that I'm in the right place. But I feel like sometimes what happens is people, for example, in a relationship, they're not willing to let that guy go. They're like, oh, hell no. No, He will be mine. We will walk down. This is what's best for me, but this is what I want. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I will be walking down this aisle on April 27th or whatever. That sounds really dangerous. Well, I feel like that's the craziest thing ever. I mean, (laughs) and happening all the time. So here's my question for both of you. So just some little takeaways (laughs) and some tidbits before the big earthquake shock that, like, you know, shakes you back on your path. Mm-hmm. If your goal is to grow as a woman mm-hmm. and to stay open and stay true and to live in faith, and your intention is to stay on your path, mm-hmm. not what you want, right? but on your path that is in what your is, divine right, mm-hmm. what are just some things to think about to help us stay on that path? Mm-hmm. Well, I think you have to have some kind of a spiritual practice. It has to be, it doesn't have to be like any particular thing, but you have to have some kind of a conversation with something greater than whatever thoughts Just you have. Just to keep yourself in yeah. check. And that's a, the meditation or yoga, whatever that is for you, I feel like that's the key. Um, so that's one thing. 
Um, I also think you have to have really good friends around you, mm. you know? I mean, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Like, I feel like people need a relationship with, um, to like go get in all that stuff that is a sounding board or an well, outlet. It's kind of like everybody has unresolved stuff from childhood. So when people haven't That's been to therapy, sure. they're She's just talking to me, mall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they are not in some kind of a therapy relationship, that stuff is sitting there driving you. It's like, we're sort of all in, at the cars at Disneyland where we think we're driving, but like really, we can't really go anywhere because there's this thing called um, God, our programming so that is actually saying where we're going to go. And we don't even know we're going we, the wrong way. We, yeah, we don't even know. So I feel like because that's we don't a big piece. Because we don't want to know. <laughs> so I feel like that's a big piece. And that doesn't have to be like where you sit down. I mean, there's all sorts of like groups you can belong to or whatever. So I feel like it's all about getting in a relationship with these parts. Having the dialogue. Yes. Inner dialogue, Mm -hmm. outer dialogue with your girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so blessed to have really, really wise and real friendships, but I didn't always have that. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, Molly, you and I have this conversation a lot. Yeah. What do you think, Molly? Because you're clearly on your path. I know you're always doing the work, but when I look at you as a woman, I see you just marching forward in the, you know, in the right direction. So what do you think? Well, you know, it's so interesting. When you were just talking about therapy a second ago, the one thing, when I when I sought out therapy first, and many years off and on, mm-hmm. now that I look back on it, I didn't have a therapist that, that didn't do anything but just say, so tell me, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it was just kind of this sort of, you know, placating a conversation right. instead of somebody saying, okay, if you're still talking about this a year from now, right. there's seriously something wrong yes. with you. I mean... <laughs> Nobody ever did that in therapy for mm. me. I mean, we need some real therapists who are going to call you yes. on stuff and say, okay, you're still sitting here. How many years are we going to do this? You're afraid know? to lose and, you. Yes. Okay. True, true. Very, absolutely. Well, there. have you ever noticed how the friends who don't want to get better have the worst therapists? Like, they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, seriously. You'll <laughs> be like, don't know it. Yeah, you'll be like, what does your therapist say about that? They're kind of like, nothing. I'm like, right, of course you have the therapist or who the would say nothing. the woman who's not really even telling her therapist the real story. No. For real. Oh, that's, that's for terrible. real. You're just sitting there taking notes and asking them how that makes them feel. Yes. You know. Yeah, so it. you're right. It does have to be, like, there's a lot of bad therapy out there. So get the good therapy. That's right. Um, get uncomfortable. Get truthful. Dig deep. Yeah, like, start get digging. into it. Yeah. Yes, if you're not uncomfortable, it's clutter. not happening. Yeah. I, no, I agree. And clear the clutter of the so-called friends. Oh, you yeah. know, And oh, that's hard, too. That mm-hmm. is so... I mean, the one thing that is so clear to me now that wasn't clear to me in all those years is I look back and think, there was a time when I was getting ready to walk down the aisle mm. and the person who I thought was my best friend, mm. I'm sitting there saying, oh, I don't think I should do this. I don't think I should do this. And I'm like pacing and I said, I just, I just don't know what I can do. And she literally looked at me and said, this is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Mm. What is wrong with you? You mm. need to absolutely go and just marry him and stop this nonsense. I mean, she shamed me into wow. it. That's crazy. And, and of course, being the way I was, which was kind of like, Oh gosh, you're right. You know, I'm not worthy enough of more than this. This is just, I had that inside of me from my childhood. So mm-hmm. those tapes were playing over in my head, like, oh my gosh, he's right. This is the best I can do. I should just be glad that he's a nice guy. It's not the typical I'm drawn to that's going to hurt me. You know, all those different things that went through my brain. And instead of understanding that 
the second I I heard that in my brain mm-hmm. that I should do better yeah. and I should want more and that I deserve more, mm-hmm. that's when I should have known it was time to run. Sure. She was so, probably settled run into to what's, myself. what's just good enough. There totally. are a lot of people. Yeah. Well, Tracy, what, yeah. did you post that? Oh, I think this was maybe. one of Tracy's posts to edit your life frequently because after all, it's a masterpiece. Oh, probably, one yes. Faves, one of my favorites. It's yes. true. I mean, the thing is we that I found, friend. thank you, The what I found is that as I change and grow, everyone who doesn't resonate with that magically falls out of my orbit. Like they just mm. leave. Mm-hmm. And so there is this <laughs> yeah. thing about growth where you do leave people behind. It's funny what you say about, um, Mal, what you say about getting married, because I feel like I would have yeah. the alarm, like in my third marriage, I would have the alarm. <laughs> the alarm would be going sure. off. And my thing you would be like, snoozing. yes, <laughs> <It's news. laughs> my thing I'll would be like, to that later. Somebody would be like, will someone please turn off that alarm? I am trying to get married here. <laughs> Yeah. So I had a part. Yeah. That's the best. All right, Mal. We're gonna get. We're gonna get back to Tracy. But I will call you later. And and everybody who's listening, there's gonna be a lot more of Mal Anderson in the future. She's my real life BFF and the one that I always call for life advice. And I love you, Mal. Bye, Mal. I love you too. Bye. Bye. That was fun. She's the best. She's she's just a plethora of knowledge, and she's a real woman. And. she keeps me in check. That's so great. She's my lifeline. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about multiple listings. Aww. I'm excited about this. Like something different for you. Yeah? Yes. I mean, one of my editors said, I'd love to see what would happen if you wrote a novel. Yeah. So I did it, you know, because I'm sort of like, sure. And, um, you know, it's sort of based on a situation that I've always wondered about. Like, what if my dad came to live with me? What if he showed up on my door one day and was like, I'm here. Um. So, and that's about as, everything after that is fiction but that setup was always the movie version of your life sort of the like what if yeah it's like what if I didn't know my dad and he showed up I always wondered about that so Mm. I took that question you know because in my my day job is I write television so it's I'm used to making up situations and then sort of kind of going off on them Mm. and I knew I could write about a woman who had a teenage son um, it's not my teenage son. It's a different teenage son, but it's the idea of having a teenage son. And she's very different from me, uh, the main character in the book. And was your son able to chime in at all and give you a perspective? No, he just said, um, yeah, you should write the great American novel. Because when I was writing it, he was in 11th grade right. or something where they are reading the great American novel. So oh, that was his advice. Um, now he's in college, so he's actually much more literate than he was then. But I don't think he has read anything. Um, Isn't it crazy? Because you're just mom and you just write these fabulous bodies of work. And I hope that one day he will. It's the same with my kids. They could care less about what I do professionally. But everybody that's listening, seriously, if you're not married yet, get the book Why You Are Not Married Yet. Mm -hmm. Take it to heart. If you are married or not, read it anyway. I love you and I'm leaving you anyway. I read Mm -hmm. that last summer. I had the best time with this book. It is so funny and so brilliant and so real and insightful. And, of course, multiple listings. And I adore you, Tracy. It was Thank so you, fun. I could have, I, We could have done this for hours. You have so much to share. And I feel honored that you came to Thank join me for my first podcast. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to be here. Oh, well, and we're going to continue because, you know, we're going to New York. Yep. We're going to do our conversation. And mm-hmm. um, I just hope our paths keep First crossing. of many. Yes. Thank you so much. 
All right, everyone, just a little housekeeping. You can email the show. It's show at nakedmompodcast.com because we'd love to hear your thoughts. I certainly want to know what you think because we're in this together right now. You can also find us on Twitter and on Instagram. One easy address, it's at nakedmompod. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brooke Burke. And I kind of share everything there, (laughs) probably way too much if you asked my family. But that's the commitment that I've made. I'm sort of all or nothing. And I don't like to invade, totally invade the privacy of my family. But I made that commitment long ago when I started modernmom.com and I wrote my book, The Naked Mom, and I started blogging and I'm just in it so that we can grow and learn from one another. So have some fun there and comment and reach out to me because I do spend time. It's not just a one-way street for me. The Naked Mom is a co-production of SR71 and BLB Inc. The show is produced by David Hart and edited by Gabe Harder. Music by Woodwork Sound. You can subscribe to The Naked Mom in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review because it really helps the show. We want to hear from you. All right, everybody, thanks for spending some time with us. And I will not see you, but I will talk to you next week.